Welcome to TFL's Capital Connection, your source for inside information on the policy and the ministry going on at the Iowa Capitol. I am your host, Drew Zahn of The Family Leader, and I have with me today three guests. I've got uh, Chuck Hurley, our seasoned vet. Some of you may know him as Gandalf. I've got uh, Ryan, uh, who's uh, working up at the Capitol as well, and with the Church Ambassador Network, I've got Noah. We'll hear from all three of them today. We've got three topics that we're going to be talking about today. I'll give you a little bit of a preview. Number one is we're going to talk about the raucous scene at the Iowa Capitol. Promised some of you online that we would be talking about that this past Monday night. Uh, what was the date on that? February 12th, I think. Um, and uh, then we're also going to be talking about it was funnel week last week. A number of bills uh, excitingly have passed through the first funnel and a few that unfortunately will not be making it through. Uh, and then we're also going to be talking about, and I'm particularly intrigued about this, uh, the Church Ambassador Network's equipping team working up at the Iowa Capitol, focusing on specifically some rural issues and how the church can be a resource to government in understanding how best to govern uh, and work with issues affecting rural Iowans. So that's on the docket today, but let's begin where we promised and we would talk about what happened Monday night. So for those who don't know, haven't seen the news, haven't seen the, the video posts, uh, Chuck, why don't you just tell us what prompted the uh, raucous scene at the Iowa Capitol last Monday? What prompted? Okay. For those of you who haven't seen the raucous videos, go to our website because a picture is worth a thousand words and a video is worth a million. Yeah, so, I, would, I would encourage you actually check out uh, us on Facebook. Okay. All right. Check us out on Facebook. Okay. The video is posted there. You'll get a chance to see and taste just a little bit of what we're talking about here today. The Family Leader. The Family Leader the one, on Facebook. On Facebook. Yep. <laughs> okay, thanks. So what prompted it was the governor introduced a bill, or she had a bill drafted that was introduced by her friends in the legislature, to be technical, um, to define what a female is and to define what a male is amazing concept. And so that alone um, raised the hackles of the transgender community primarily and their allies, and they stormed the Capitol. Uh, actually, they've stormed the Capitol now about four or five times, but Monday was a crescendo. It was a public hearing, which the opponents to any bill can ask for a public hearing. So the opponents, the transgender supporters uh, asked uh, Education Chair Skylar Wheeler in the House, dear friend of the, our ministry, to uh, allow them to speak. And yeah, they spoke not under oath quite, but it's testimony. Um, they spoke a dozen times or so during that public hearing, but really the louder speaking was in the hallway. And that's where they were so loud that they interrupted the public hearing several times and poor Chairman Wheeler had to just stop the proceedings because of the heckler's veto. Yeah, let's talk about that for just a moment. The public hearing uh, lasts about an hour, and there's about a dozen or so people who have an opportunity to speak for a particular bill, a dozen people to speak against a particular bill. That's a common enough thing up at the Capitol. What's not so common, however, what was, what was what was happening out in the rotunda, that big area of the Capitol with the big floor. There was a gathering of, and people can guess as how many, I counted probably about 200 or so, uh, folks who were there uh, with signs uh, and and with cowbells and with other noisemakers, but primarily it was their voices. 
And there was, and I was there, Chuck, I know you were, and, and Danny, you guys were working to make sure that testimony could be heard. You were doing about the business of government. Uh, I was there covering the event for more of a reporter's eye view. So I was out in the rotunda mm -hmm. and, and thankfully, okay, I want to say this. We put out a prayer request, first of all, ahead of time, uh, where we asked people to be in prayer, that it would be a peaceful event. Not all of the events had been peaceful up at the Capitol. We covered that a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. on this very podcast, but, uh, we asked for prayer that it would be peaceful and thank God. And thank you for your prayers. Uh, it was peaceful. I'm not aware of anyone, uh, getting to fisticuffs or, ch or, or chest bumping or any of those kinds of things that we have seen scene up at the Iowa Capitol. That fist to cuffs, chest bumping at, at all uh, was present a few, just a few hours and days before the public hearing. So praise God. Thank you for your prayers. Also, thank you uh, for those of you who showed up. We actually literally, Danny recruited several guys who happened to be rather tall and broad, big men. And then a lot of people were there uh, armed. That's legal in Iowa is to pack... Uh, uh, weaponry that might sadly be necessary if it had escalated, mm -hmm. like we were concerned. So thank and God. And invisible uh, police presence as well. A lot of police. So mm -hmm. thank God for you, your prayers, your presence. And yeah, it went off without anybody getting really hurt badly. But it also went off uh, rather badly for the opponents to this bill because they showed their true colors. They were vulgar. They were uh, rude. They blocked uh, our witnesses that Danny and I and others had so assiduously gathered, and, and uh, our friends went in there and tried to testify, but several times were drowned out, and it's just, just not right. You have to understand what was happening out in the rotunda itself. Um, uh, they, uh, thankfully, like I said, there were paths that you could get through the crowd. I myself worked through it a couple of times, uh, but that's only physically, audibly, the place was loud. It was screaming. And you said vulgar. Uh, they were chanting over and over again. These protesters were, and I'll be, be very blunt, but, but edit myself a little bit. The most popular chant was uh, transgender liberation F your legislation. This was chanted over and over and over again. Towards the end of the evening, they were even uh, more uh, masks off as they're chanting F Governor Reynolds. Mm -hmm. I have to be honest, it came a point where I was wondering whether that constituted a threat mm -hmm. to the governor. It was that loud and obnoxious, and it was constant. And I know that we had some people who came and visited, came up to the Capitol for kind of the first time. Boy, they saw the ugliest side of what happens up there. People just screaming and yelling. And you mentioned, Chuck, that they actually had someone stationed strategically just outside the door so they could look in the room, see when someone was testifying for the bill. Then they signaled to the crowd to be so incredibly loud that even inside the old Iowa Supreme Court chambers there at the Capitol, the people testifying could not be heard. And that was a strategy. Just out shout, out yell, drown out anyone who'd be in support of this bill. And that's actually illegal but they were not arrested for it. And that's one thing that Danny and I have been um, considering approaching the Speaker of the House about. You can't do what's called the heckler's veto. We think of the First Amendment free speech right as being unfettered, but it's not unfettered because once your speech 
interrupts my legitimate speech, organized speech, planned speech, requested speech. The, the chair requested us to speak. And you shout that down, that's illegal. You can actually be arrested for blocking someone else's First Amendment rights. Yeah, but credit where credit's due, like, they kept that up for a long time. They started 20 minutes before the hearing, and they kept it through an hour-long hearing. I don't know how they did that. I, when I went to Iowa game this last fall, I was done by the second quarter. I couldn't, couldn't yell anymore. But they, they did it for an hour and 20 minutes, so credit where credit's due. Yeah, uh, well, uh, <laughs> speaking of credit, I mean, the – you see, you see the crowd like that. You hear the vulgarities. You hear, I'm going to be very blunt, the hatred. And you can feel the spiritual oppression that is there as well. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons I'm very glad for the work of our pastors, we're going to get to the Church Ambassador Network a little later in this podcast. Um, but that's what happened. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what happened, uh, we did put out that email asking for prayer. Thank you again for your prayers. Uh, despite all of that opposition, physical, uh, audible, spiritual, nonetheless, the evening progressed peacefully. We were able to uh, make those those testimonies. And uh, the status of the bill. The bill passed. The bill passed through committee, right. Right? right? So it's still yet in process. It'll have to go through committee on the other side. Yeah. The next step would be that the full House of Representatives, all 100 representatives, would presumably have a chance to debate the bill. Again, there could be opponents to the bill in the galleries of the House. And again, there could be incidents, probably will be. At that point, maybe because the chamber seems to be a little better policed than the hallways, uh, maybe there will be some arrests if there's more interruptions. But yeah, if it passes the full House, which I'm confident it will, it would go to the Senate, and then it would have to go through subcommittee, committee, and full Senate before it gets to the governor for signature. So that bill has moved forward in a big week known as Funnel Week, where bills must pass through at least one committee in order to continue on. If they don't receive that one committee vote, those bills die. And I had a chance just this morning, we were talking, Ryan, we were talking about how uh, when you see um, the list of bills, if we can see 10 bills passed into law in a given year, that's an outstanding year. See a lot of progress there. Uh, and currently, we see as many as 30 bills that are still alive in the process. That's exceptional. Talk to us about some of the highlights, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So really, uh, we're very pleased. So about two weeks ago, I have a spreadsheet with about 80 bills on it. And we try to prioritize. I, I highlighted about 35 that we were going to focus on as a team. And to have 30 of those um, pass funnel, that's that's just a really good start. So we're very excited about that. Um, biggest, probably exciting news of last week was the baby Olivia bill. We sent out an email asking a lot of you to email your legislators about that, and you did. And um, we were told on Wednesday that this thing is just not going to make it through funnel. And then on Thursday, um, thanks to a large part to you all and your prayers, we, we got it through funnel on Thursday. So, so down to the wire, the last day that they were in session, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it got through that funnel deadline. Yeah. And just a reminder what that bill does, it, it would show – um, high school kids and middle school kids um, in school as part of the curriculum, how the baby develops in the womb. Uh, it was a video called Baby Olivia from Live Action. It's very well done. I'd encourage anybody to check it out. Scientifically but. accurate video, testified. You got every single statement in the video backed up by doctors and, and nurses and associations and studies, etc. But when you actually see it, 
When you actually see that little boy or that little girl in the womb developing, it humanizes the child. An important element in really understanding what we're talking about when we're talking about life in the womb. Can you imagine several hundred thousand Iowa school children seeing the humanity of that little baby every year as part of the school curriculum? Amazing. It's a great video. I hope you will look for it. I assume it's available through the family leader's Website? Social media again. Social yep. Media. <laughs> yep. You really got to check out the family leader on Facebook right. if you have not. You can, uh, you can tell it, Chuck frequents the website every, fa- every day. Fabulous, <laughs> fabulous video. Fabulous yeah. video. And you know, actually, video- it is up on our website as well. Okay. Um, if you go to thefamilyleader.com, you'll see a little picture of the baby Olivia video there. And you can also check out, I talked about all those scientific uh, citations. Yeah. We've got a document on there as well. You can check out the scientific basis yourself. And I just want to say this for the sake of um, testimonial. When I was in my early 20s, I was pro-abortion because that's what I'd been taught all my life. And I saw a picture of a baby that had been aborted. And in less than half a second, I became pro-life. Seeing is understanding. Seeing is believing in many cases. And we just think if young people will just see the facts of pre-born life, it will impact them greatly. So it, this may be the most powerful pro-life bill we pass. If we could change the minds of young people in Iowa over the next 20 or 30 years, we could be a pro-life state. Yeah, at the Family Leader, we work towards the gold standard. The gold standard be that day when, uh, both call, when, when babies in the womb, when all life is cherished by society and protected by law. So it's a two-pronged approach. It's not just legal. We have hearts and minds to change as well. What other bills? Yeah, so uh, we've had really good news in religious liberty this year. We've talked about that in past podcasts. We've got uh, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. That's through Funnel Safely. Um, Medical Right of Conscience Bill to protect the liberties of uh, doctors and nurses um, to opt out of certain procedures they would violate their conscience. Um, But some other big news from this last week, we've been working pretty hard this session on protecting kids online. There's two aspects to that. There's... um, uh, social media. So there's a lot of dangers on social media that we want to help parents to um, uh, protect their kids from. And then also pornography. Uh, we'd lo- we want to see age verification required for pornographic websites, which it's really shocking. We do, we do not have that already. I mean, you think about all the things we require an ID to go into, um, you know, even an adult bookstore, you have to have an ID, but for some reason online, you can access all this horrible content for kids um, without proving your age. So those two things we've been working on, they got through Funnel uh, this past week, and um, we'd, we'd like to see some improvements on those bills, and we've been working on that, and we'll be uh, continuing to suggest uh, ways that we can make it stronger, but uh, we're very excited that it survived this far. Excellent. Uh, however, every year, there's also a couple bills uh, that are out there that were like, oh, we want to see this bill advance, and it did not. You got any of those to highlight, Ryan? Yeah, thankfully not too much of that. Like there's some that you just know from the start aren't going anywhere. So (laughs) can't be too disappointed about that. uh, A chaplain bill, we wanted to see a bill that would allow um, chaplains to be hired by schools. Uh, That that died, didn't make it through committee. Um, One other one that I I was kind of personally rooting for was a bill that would criminalize obscene performances. So obscene, giving obscene material to minors is currently illegal, but for some reason you can perform and that's not, <laughs> that's not illegal. So uh, I thought that one might make it through, and it didn't. So that was a little disappointing. But overall, very, very good start to the session. 
Excellent. Thank you. And speaking of uh, issues up at the Capitol, very pleased to have Noah with us today to talk about the equipping team. Now, Noah, uh, when we work with pastors up at the Capitol, there's a couple of different focuses uh, on on their work up there. And I wonder if you just kind of recap that and then talk to us a little bit about what's going on this week specifically regarding rural issues. Absolutely. Yeah. So last time I joined you guys on this podcast, I think I shared there are two primary goals that we have as the Church Ambassador Network. The first being that we want our governing authorities to see who they are called to be in Christ, as to look at the example that we have in Christ coming to to lead by laying down their lives as shepherds. And then the second goal is that our governing authorities would see the church as a primary resource for solving the needs in their communities. And so this second goal is really where our equipping team uh, is aimed at, where we, uh, up at the Capitol, these legislators hear from experts from all these different groups. Um, They come up and share their perspectives on these different issues. And we want the governing authorities to see that the church has experts too. There have been people who are living out all these different areas uh, in their church um, as pastors through different ministries. And so this Thursday, we have one group of pastors that have been coming up with us for a number of years that really specialize in rural ministry. So there's a, a pastor of a church in a small town in southern Iowa that is healthy, thriving, and planting um, that brings just some expertise to the, the needs and the opportunities in rural Iowa. There are a couple of different ministry leaders that lead ministries based on uh, or targeting substance abuse and the breakdown of the family, as well as equipping people for um, the workplace, addressing the labor shortage in a lot of rural Iowa. And we're bringing them all together to bring a voice as the church to our governing authorities in how can we, as the church, address some of these needs? And then how can we partner with the governing authorities, with our government, to see these communities thrive? So in many ways, uh, up at the Iowa Capitol, these legislators hear about the issues in general, but then they're on Capitol Hill in in Des Moines saying, how do we effectively, because you can't just pass a law and expect everything to work. It it doesn't. You don't don't fix society by passing laws. Mm -hmm. Uh, It requires uh, people on the ground people in the community who are ha- who are making a difference effectively mm-hmm. theoretically yes but effectively and one of the things that the church ambassador network as I, I hear you saying is one of the things they're doing is bringing the people to the capital who have the on ground in community experience and are having success doing it and can therefore advise the legislators. If you really want to address this problem, here are some good ways to do it. Here's some unsuccessful ways to do it. We have learned from our experience. And as it turns out, uh, by the grace of God, these people with this experience, their pastors, their churches, their ministries, who are addressing the whole life, the whole kind of a holistic approach uh, for those who are struggling with these issues uh, in, in our communities in different ways. Well, and Iowa is an exceptionally rural state. Indeed. And so this focus is required. And praise God, Noah, you and your team are doing that. 
All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. If you want to follow more about the different laws that have been uh, passed or are in process, we have a bill tracker on our website. What you want to do is visit thefamilyleader.com. You'll see up at the top in the navigation bar, a section called elections and policy. Click on that. Again, you'll be brought to the ENP page with another nav bar and it'll say bill tracker right there. Click on the bill tracker and you'll be able to follow along some of these bills as they make their way through the Iowa uh, legislative process. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to TFL's Capital Connection. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash give.